Do you hear that? This is the sound of decay. It's the sound of silence in my home. Actually, it's the song Sound of Silence playing in my head, but you can't hear that. Only, only me and my other personalities can hear that. A party in your brain. Nobody's invited but other versions of you. The other versions of me. And some of them aren't even invited either. I love disinviting myself to parties. I mean, especially my own. Welcome to the Act Break, where we're talking about all things story. Take a break from your creative endeavors and hang out with us. Have a little simulated human interaction. Because internet friends totally count. Welcome back to the Act Break podcast, where we have the amazing opportunity to talk to yet again another internet friend about story stuff. And other stuff too, I think, maybe. So that's very on brand for us as well. So, you know, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm Carly. And I spent all my time preparing for other people. So I have nothing to say about myself except I'm Carly. <laughs> sure are. And I am Jamie. I am a speculative fiction and science fiction cross-genre author. Wow. It sounds so official when you say it that way. Cross-genre. Mm. It's funny how you could just say words, even if they're not technically <laughs> true. I mean, that's uh, to me, that's technically true. So I don't know. Oh, that's very sweet of you. I saw a commercial and it was like committed to more sustainable products. And also just because you say it doesn't make it true. <laughs> that's a lot like my writing true career. <laughs> That sounds very relatable. It's slowly crushing people's souls, my, but mostly just my own. And destroying, destroying the planet. And destroying the planet. Um, that's that's what I'm doing. Okay. This is my villain origin story. I tried to be a writer. You either live long enough to become a published author or you, <laughs> you become a supervillain. Yeah, I have a feeling I've already become a supervillain, but it's fine. This is fine. And today's internet friend is Brittany Wang, author, YouTuber, and website designer. Her book on Wings of Ash and Dust is out on her website in serial form in on Amazon, and you can also get it in a paperback, which I have sitting on my shelf, and it's so pretty. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So happy that you had the time to come and talk with us today. Yeah, it's like one of the first things I'm doing as a new mom uh, that's not mom-related. Yay! Related, so yay. <laughs> author mom status. Hashtag author moms. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to squeeze this in. I know it's challenging to like get back into the swing of things after becoming a mom, so. Definitely. <laughs> good, for, good for you. Just like jumping right back in there. Yeah. All right. Would you like to take a minute to tell us about you, like about your creative journey, how you became what you are today? Sure. Sounds so epic that way. Very simple. But yeah, a little about me. I mean, I just mentioned I'm a new mom. I'm a wife. Uh, so outside of writing, those are like the main things right now. But as Carly said, I'm also a YA fantasy author of On Wings of Ash and Dust. And 
you mentioned the YouTube channel. And I also created a couple of courses for writers. So I have my author website bootcamp, which teaches authors how to create an author website and newsletter that helps them grow their readership. And then I am coming out with one that should be out by the time this podcast goes live. That is all about writing and publishing serialized fiction. So I'm really excited about like those kind of projects as well. But my creative journey, I think, started as far back as I can remember, um, where it was really um, centralized more around music. But it was always a story when I was writing a song, it like had a character and like a beginning, middle and end and how they transformed. And so it was, it's really funny to like see kind of where I've come. I did a lot of fan fiction um, and like role-playing games with friends and obviously did some of my own stories. But I personally did never think a young person and think, oh, I'm going to be a published author someday. It was just a lot of fun. And I was like, okay, the, the big leagues, the big people are going to be uh, able to do that. I'm just going to enjoy writing. Um, but in 2017, I was in a job that had a creative element, but was just kind of draining me. And I thought about how much fun I used to have fiction writing. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to finish something. <laughs> For the first time, I'm going to finish a story. And I'm hearing a lot about self publishing. So um, I might even self publish, I might query it, I don't know, but I just I want to do it. And I got really excited because I um, made a bunch of writing friends on Instagram connected with um, an old friend from college too that had already published and was talking to her a lot learning a lot about the different industries and how to go about it started a YouTube channel where I was sharing my journey and everything kind of snowballed from there of like first querying and then going to self-publishing but that story that I started working on in 2017 was a story I started writing about fairies in middle school that I pulled out and was like okay this nugget and this nugget and this nugget is good let's work from there and it is now the story that is published three years after I started that and now it's my serial series and a novel and it's very exciting that's awesome that is so cool I love that. I love hearing people's journeys. Oh, tell me all about it. Yeah. Everybody's is so different. Yeah. yeah. Inspire me. Let me live vicariously through you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. I love uh, the music thing where you said that like it was always a, uh, like a story beginning, middle, and end. That's, that's really neat. Cool. So your journey, obviously, you saw people self-publishing and all of that. So what led you to, to decide that that's what you wanted? Yeah. Well, for the beginning part of it, I was like, self-publishing looks like a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know if I right? could do it well. <laughs> and um, And so I was pursuing traditional publishing. And I think after a while, by the time I was like ready to query and stuff, um, I just was seeing that the traditional publishing world was very slow and very particular about what they were looking for. Then the sickness that shall not be named in the world <laughs> and everything slowed down even more. And I was just like, I don't know if I can wait any longer. Um, like I want to do this well. I would like to have a team behind me, but it is time. Like this story is ready. It just needs a developmental kind of editor to like go through and help me clean up some things and a copy editor and I'll be good. Like, let's go. Um, so I actually took a course by Sarah Cannon, Publish and Thrive. And I felt like after I took that, I was like, wow, I feel like I have all the nuts and bolts and all the steps to like do this fairly well. I had a few friends too as, you know, resources. And then I started really seeing people doing serialized fiction as well. So for anyone who doesn't know what serialized fiction, let me just start there. It's pretty much the same as a normal book series, except for two major differences. 
One, each book in the series or what is called an episode is much shorter than a full length novel. And this makes the series faster to binge read. And number two, these episodes are usually rapid released to grow a readership fast and keep them engaged. So for example, instead of my readers waiting for a new book, maybe once or twice a year, I ended up releasing a new episode every two weeks, publishing my full series in just two and a half months. I also found this analogy to be super helpful in case it helps anybody. If a typical book series is most like a movie series, so like Lord of the Rings has like that trilogy, right? That kind of mirrors the, the books. Then a serial series is most like a TV show, but in book form where the overall story is broken up into shorter installments, like what TV producers have done with books like Shadow and Bone, Wheel of Time, Shannara Chronicles. Um, and like a TV show, the key is that each episode though has its own own mini story arc with a beginning, middle, and end, plus a cliffhanger leading into the next episode. So it's not just like taking your story and like divvying it up arbitrarily and putting it out there. You're making sure that each story is satisfying to the reader. And when they purchase it, they're like, okay, like I know this is continuing, but I am, I'm satisfied and I'm excited for more. That's awesome. I'm not surprised. This is what I expected from you, but like that is exactly how I would have also described it. That's the perfect um, analogy. Yeah. And when I heard it explained like that, I was like, this is so for me because, you know, they would come out faster. And I feel like it organically allows you to be more engaged with your readers because they are anxiously anticipating. It's not like, oh, I know a new book is going to come out in like six months or a year. It's like, it's going to come out in two weeks. Readers are probably like, oh, what do you think is going to happen next? And so like that whole waiting for the next episode and, and readers kind of building that like excitement and fandom. And me, I wanted to be available to my readers. Like I didn't just want to put out something and be like, hopefully they'll find me and we'll get to talk about you know the books later and like their theories or whatever like I I wanted to be like really engaged so for me I was like I want to do live reader you know discussions and do activities and like all kinds of stuff and like that was like the real draw for me because I wanted to be really engaged that makes sense that's very you yeah <laughs> it makes so much sense to me I'm like yep yep that's Brittany <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think every serial author loves to do that, but like I saw the opportunity and I was just like, I want to invest in my readers and like hear from them. And um, I think it would be a lot of fun. And like what you can do too, is like typically each of these episodes is like that stepping stone to the overall story arc for the, like the season. Right. And you can also like have a cliffhanger at the end for multiple seasons. So there were like so many different avenues I could take as I was looking at my particular story, more and more, I was like, my story is perfect for this because um, it takes a main character who gets wrapped up in a competition for the fairy crown. And there are five parts of the competition that each take place in a different province from a different clan. So you had a natural progression of you're like, okay, well, this, yeah, that works out great. Awesome. Right? Yeah. So the first, you know, episode is her, how she gets wrapped up into it and eventually like of her own volition agrees to do it. And then um, the next five are the, the trials and there's like a lot more going going on in the plot but like that was the structure for me of like it's going to feel like a beginning middle and end because you see the arc of each of the trials at least nice so. also the serialization format 
also has something to do with like your pacing because like you were saying like there's that excitement a reader has to like come along to the next thing and not having to wait six months to a year in between one story and the next it it probably helps uh you feel like your story is like moving faster yeah I was gonna say the anticipation of the reader I feel like is there's no it kind there's kind of a die-off where like you're super excited when you read a book and you're like oh that's so great I can't wait for the next one and then you find out yeah like yeah it's gonna be like a whole year or whatever and you're like okay well I'm still excited and it's still like there in the back of your mind but then you get on other things and distracted and then when the other book comes back out obviously you get all excited again suck but... it patrick rothfuss <laughs> sorry i got, I got, I mean, I got a little salty just throw that in there I so mean, eventually you give up is the point eventually like, if it takes uh, too long people are gonna lose interest. then your excitement dies inside you mm-hmm. or it's like all these other books come up yeah, and especially in the YA market, there are such voracious, like avid readers in the YA market that they are just wanting more and more. So you already mentioned a couple, I think, in your explanation of serialization, but what are some of the greatest benefits to publishing a serial? So I have eight, and I'll try to go through them, not forever, so that this podcast doesn't end up being super long. But I think they're all really great and really important. Uh, The first one is that it has the potential to improve your writing faster, I think, because these are shorter stories. And so you're writing completed stories over and over and over again in a shorter amount of time. And I think with each one, you kind of up your craft, you're practicing story structure, you're practicing pacing, you're practicing character arcs, and hopefully you're also getting feedback and learning from it with each episode. Um, So I think if you're like really taking it kind of one episode at a time, really making sure that each one has its own arc, that is really a really cool benefit just from a writing craft perspective. The other is that you can get proof of concept and netting interest for your story. Um, without having to write a complete like full long novel and then put it out there and nobody be interested so I mean in the course I talk about a couple different approaches of like do you put out a couple episodes and then hold some back do you like while you're working on some or do you complete all of them and then put them out but if you go the route of you know putting out a couple and kind of testing the waters or putting out one episode for free to see what people think then you can kind of test your idea see how much interest there is before you invest so much in something that maybe never takes off another one is some benefits with a professional editor or cover designer. So with an editor, what I had is I basically had a full length novel and I did split it up, but I went through and had my editor help me make sure that each episode felt satisfying and had that full arc. And I only had to pay her for a full novel, but I ended up being a published author of a six book finished series. And so now I have a backlist, even though I only technically wrote one full length novel, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. So I actually like I spent less than I would have if I was, you know, publishing a full series, but still had that professional editor experience. And I maybe wouldn't do it with a developmental editor, but with a copy editor, like if you didn't like if you only gave your first episode to a copy editor and you didn't like that editor, you could give your second episode to a different copy editor and you actually figure out which editors you really like to work with and and you work with them going forward. Oh, so you're not like committed for like a whole novel because you're like, well, I already paid this person and technically they're kind of doing what I want, but... But not really. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I guess you could kind of do it with a developmental editor too, like giving them episode one, seeing what they do with it. And then you'd have to like kind of go back to episode 
one with a different developmental editor just so that they had the context. But anyway, um, cover design though is kind of a tricky one because you do end up kind of maybe spending more because um, a lot of people like to like buy multiple covers at once but you can usually get a discount for buying multiple covers at once. So if you knew that you were gonna do a series anyway, you're gonna be spending that money anyway, but if you are already set up with all of your episodes and you know how many covers you want, yeah, you can get like a bundle, which is really cool. Nice. You can also potentially get published faster. Again, if you have a finished novel and you do figure out how to like kind of work it out where you want to separate it into episodes um, well, then uh, you can start getting episode one out there while you're kind of proofreading episode two and kind of getting movement forward. You can also end up getting a backlist faster. And then another benefit is you quickly develop a publishing and marketing process. So again, you're not just doing all of that stuff with one book, but you do it again and again and again and again. With quick practice. Yes, yes. And you kind of figure out like, okay, this works for me and this doesn't. And so by the second or third or fourth episode, you're like, okay, I know what works for me. And this is what I want to do going forward. Yeah. As writers, a lot of times, especially when we're in the beginning, we think, okay, well, I have to figure out how to do this right. I feel like as you move forward, there's an evolution where you have the opportunity to be like, okay, I did these things last time. They didn't work for me. I'm going to do these things different in the future. And it's like, when you're starting out, you feel like, oh, I screwed up. I messed it up. But you're like, no, everybody does that. And then they have to like learn going forward. Even how we did like this podcast. Yeah. You have to do it wrong to figure out a better way. <laughs> and you have to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and I think with what it, what it sounds like is coming through with the, the serialization is it's just like, just rip the bandaid off, get stuff out there, get your practice in, keep trying and like yeah sure some things will probably be more successful than others but like that's that's how we learn it's how we grow and it's how we get better definitely yeah yeah and you can learn things very quickly like you said because it's like you're rapidly doing it if I publish one book and then two years from now I finally publish my next book I'm not going to learn as many of lessons as somebody who's been serial publishing other things because they've evolved quicker sure yeah no you're definitely learning a ton and then you also have an organic way of promoting the series again and again and again. So even if you feel like you didn't do so great with the first episode, you learn some things. Yeah, two, three, four weeks later, you put the second one out. And I basically tell people that what you need to do is you're promoting the second one to the readers who have already read the first one, but you also have the opportunity to then go back to all new readers that haven't heard about it and be like, okay, here's episode one. So if you didn't pitch episode one the best that you could have the first time, you work on it for that second time. And you're like, oh, wait, it's when I share these tropes or when I like share this aspect of the story that's what gets people to buy and then when the third episode gets out you're like okay now I got my groove here we go you know nice that's cool I I hadn't thought about it like that but that makes so much sense yeah I mean there's the opportunity to do it you know yeah because even in uh traditional publishing they remarket books all the time rebranding new covers they know oh yeah rebranding remarketing it's a totally natural and normal thing in the I mean in most industries but in the publishing industry and like you're just you're learning how to do it in really quick succession right kind of truncating the process Yeah. yeah I cut you off in the middle of your eight. Yeah, I just got like two more. Oh, no, three more. So um, the next one is you can build reader momentum and engagement. 
That's what I was talking about before and that's what I was really excited about. Like I said, you can be rapidly releasing, which can mean a bunch of different things. So um, for example, like I did every two weeks, but some people do like once a month or once every couple months. So it doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I need to do every two weeks because honestly, that was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was effective, but it was a lot. The idea is to have consistency and to grow engagement as you go. You can also potentially get reviews faster, potentially, because people are reading them faster, actually completing reading the story. I don't can't tell you how many books I've started reading and just never finished reading, so I never reviewed. But if I read something shorter, it's like, okay, it's fresh. You know, I got it done and oh, it's a, it's, they're asking me to review. I, I can do that. You know, the last one I'll just say is um, you have the potential to have multiple products to sell, not just one novel and to even upsell. Um, so for example, you don't have to just write serials. You can write a serial like spinoff of your main series that kind of gets people back into the world as you're working on the sequel, you know, stuff like that. So you can partner it with larger fiction. And for me, um, one benefit I saw is I released eBooks first only because they were getting rapid release. That word is hard. <laughs> Rapidly released. And um, and so like if people are getting paperbacks, like they could be getting them in the mail by the time the next episode came out. So that wasn't gonna work. So I was like, we're just gonna do ebooks, it's a lot simpler. And then I came out with a uh, wrap-up, a bind-up of all the episodes as a paperback a few months later. And I actually had some people, they had purchased the ebooks and now they purchased the paperback because they want it on their shelf or they wanted to reread it. And so I got like double sales by some readers, you know, and so there's the potential for that too. Yeah, that's cool. I, cause I wound up, I got the ebook of the first one and then I had a bunch of life stuff come up and I couldn't keep up. So then I was like, oh man, I need to go back. And then you announced that you were doing the paperback and I am a very like, I would rather have the physical copy girl anyway. So I was like, oh my gosh, yay. So then I got to get the end. So I liked that you did it both ways. Thank you. It's, I, it drives me nuts when I can't get a, a paperback of something. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it was honestly, it was a sanity thing because I was just like, I, I don't think I can do both for all six. And plus they're like skinny minis. And some people have still asked for them. So like, I'm actually kind of thinking about now, like maybe I do them. Yeah. Since you have the art. Yeah. Right. You know, like why not? It's that not that much more to like create a cover and then I could potentially get more sales because people want like the full collection of yeah story so I'm like okay absolutely if you have the the requests coming in anyways and the readership and yeah people like to have things I mean I as a as a as a book collector you know I like to have things where it's like well I mean it's a series I'd like to have you know the series but if there's like a compendium then I want the compendium too and like you know so yeah makes a lot of sense cool multiple products yeah right revenue streams yeah Make that paper. I <laughs> uh, love it. Okay, so, you know, we talked a lot about the good stuff, but what about challenges? What are some of the challenges that you have encountered along the way with publishing serials? Yeah, it's definitely not as well known of a format. So there are like six main hurdles I think I found, but I was able to like kind of overcome them in certain ways. So I'm going to share a little bit about that too. But the first big one was serial education. Like people were like, wait, serial killer? Wait, serial like serial like I eat in the in the morning? Like what is this serial, you know? And I'm like, no, no, no. So I kind of um, had to, and that was part of like my pitch too, of like, this is what a serial is and kind of marketing it as you know everybody loves tv shows right you love when like new stuff is coming out on a frequent basis um you get to engage with me as it's coming out so i got i kind of overcame that 
by sharing it, um, doing a video about it, doing posts about it, answering questions about it. But that was definitely like a thing of like, you know, usually people are like, here's my novel. And people are like, I go buy, you know, yeah. but it's like, here's my serial series. Wait, before yeah. I buy, what yeah. is that? Yeah. Having to educate your audience in order for them to get drawn in instead of just being like, I did this thing and then people not understanding it. And so then they don't go for it because they don't understand it. And there's so much out there. So it's like, why, why go for the thing that you don't understand when you can understand this? Yeah, that could definitely be a struggle. Yeah, especially with um, readers that don't have direct engagement with me that just find the books too. You know, I had to figure out like on the sales page, like what do I say that kind of explains because they can see the page count and stuff like why is it shorter? You know, like what what is this? You know, so I looked at some serial authors and like kind of um, some um, copy that they used, you know, to kind of explain it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, can I, you know, kind of rephrase this a little bit and uh, use that as well. And so to like figuring out how to say that and then being like, here are the benefits. So the second hurdle was that they were shorter books and that's not everybody's favorite, but I really drove home like, hey, they're going to come out quickly. So you're going to get a new book quickly. And um, if you like to rack up how many books you read in a year, kind of like your Goodreads <laughs> list or whatever, hey, you're going to read like a novel length thing, but you're going to get to tick off like six books. <laughs> um, so different things like that, you can really like kind of pull out. Um, I also had only ebooks only to start, right? So I had to explain why only ebooks kind of said that before of like, if I did paperback too, like they wouldn't be able to keep up um, with the reading pace. And but I did promise that paperback bind up later, which obviously that worked on Carly. Yeah. And, um, and months later, again, I got to put out that paperback and remarket the whole series all over again. So not only did I sell paperback versions, but I, I sold the ebook series as well. Cause there were people that hadn't heard of it the first time around. Mm. Then there was pricing. So that was a hurdle of like, okay, these are shorter books. They, you know, in my mind, I'm like, mm, I should price them a cheaper price but you know a lot of books nowadays are being priced especially like ebooks like $3.99 $4.99 $5.99 like those are actually more typical now so like a $2.99 book is actually feasible I think for shorter books and um, I really haven't gotten any complaints from readers because each story really has its own arc and feels full um, even though it is a shorter read and so I've kind of kept it there and at that $2.99 mark you still make I think it's seven or 70 or 75 percent of the royalty and if it's under that you make like 35 percent so um they really want you to charge that or more <laughs> exactly so that was kind of my pricing strategy to get through that the other hurdle I said before is paying for multiple book covers so that's maybe you know a heftier kind of price up front but you can get a deal and I found an illustrator who was able to give me a very reasonable price for all the illustrations than I did the typography myself. So that was where I kind of saved money there. And again, I only purchased ebook covers. I didn't have to purchase paperback wraps, which usually authors do at the same time. And I only had to purchase one paperback wrap for the full bind up, at least initially. So different, different things to consider. And I think the last thing I'll say um, that was a hurdle is uh, just rapid release burnout is definitely a thing. <laughs> And even though I had the full series developmentally edited, copy edited, um, I was still doing some 
proofreading or having other people proofread as the episodes were coming out just to like I thought it was going to be these little like tweaks here and there and most of it was but there were some scenes where people like found something that was like you know this should really get fixed or clarified or whatever and I'm like here like I just want to market the books and like <laughs> I'm going in and I'm not just fixing like spelling errors I'm like fixing some other things I was really glad that they caught so I would say that if you're gonna try this I personally think that, you know, you want to have everything done, done, done before you start post, start publishing or have longer periods between releases. So like you have that time. So. That makes so much sense. That was my biggest when thinking about how it would feel for me. I think that's my biggest like, oof, that would be so rough is the pacing of it and the timing and making sure that everything is set up. So that you're not, like you were saying, in the midst of things. Because I did beta reading for my story one time that I was not finished editing when I started releasing the beta stuff. And then I thought, it'll be fine. I'll be able to finish. And then it got down to crunch time at the end and I had fallen behind. And it was so overwhelming. I could imagine that feeling all over again. And it just not does not sound fun. So it would definitely require a lot of organization to stay on top of that so that you don't fall behind. Definitely. And it was like I had already promised like a release schedule, you know, and yeah. I had already started putting pre-orders up and like all this stuff. So it's like I have to deliver on this. The train has left the station. We are going. Yes. We are going. For no good matter. or ill, this is happening. It's one thing yeah, to so tell beta readers it's going to be another week. It's quite another to have marketed a release and then be like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So there were a couple times where it was like, I was just fixing little things, but I was still fixing the document before uploading it, like just a couple days before it was supposed to release. And I was just like, I can't, I can't handle this. <laughs> um, so I would definitely put more space between releases if possible, or just make sure you have everything, everything done. And that's kind of something I talk um, in the course too, to my students of like, give yourself more time than you think. But even <laughs> if you're releasing a book, a new book, like every two or three months, like that's so fast so in fast. comparison to like, you know, traditional books. Um, yeah. You know, some, some indie authors are like, you know, they're getting out a book like, still every couple of weeks somehow but um I I feel like that's I, I mean that's very fast to me but indie seems to have a better handle on releasing more rapidly than traditional which for I think obvious reasons but the, um gives you the freedom to be able to adjust and either go a little faster or a little slower based on what you need in that season of life mm -hmm. definitely so now you're just getting back from um you know having a baby and becoming a mom. I, I can't imagine. I couldn't either. <laughs> so you're getting back into your professional life, back in the saddle again. You have the course coming out. What else have you been up to? Yeah. So I obviously want to get back to writing. That's uh, a huge thing. You know, I came out rapidly re releasing the first season and now it's like been a year actually about since like the first episode started releasing um so I, I want to keep the momentum going but obviously it's gonna take me a little bit I have a outline for four books four short books that will be part of the second season and in my mind that main storyline will be over at that time um I might do some side stories potentially but I would love for those shorter 
stories to be a little bit longer than the other ones because there were six in the last one. So four for this one. And then for them to be rapidly released as well, but maybe once a month or something like that. And to try that, try that out. And I think it'll be fun too, to like compare it and to go back to my students too, and be like, Hey, like this was, I mean, it's with a sequel season. So it is going to be different than like, you know, coming out with a brand new one. But, um, I feel like I'll learn a lot that I can share with my students and like kind of use going forward. For sure. And that's awesome too, because then you have sell through. Yes. On the original <laughs> right. series then I can once again. Talk about the original series and people can get in on that and it won't take them that long to get through that in order to then join us for the second one. Yeah. So I was going to ask if it was in the same universe. It's so this, the first season, it it's complete on Wings of Ash and Dust. Like that arc is complete and you're, is it new characters or is that something you don't want to talk about? about yet sure so i'll just say that the the first so the the physical paperback novel that you have with the six episodes it ends um completing the competition that goes into a new um level of the story so there's a lot of like under the story kind of things mystery and like a subplot kind of going on as the competition is happening that becomes very important by the end competition wraps up that's kind of wrapped up in there. And then it leads into, okay, season two is going to be like this bigger thing that I'm not going to spoil. That makes me, that makes me very excited. Good, good. Yeah. So it's very much like a sequel. So it'll be the same characters, but they'll, yeah, be kind of going through the next level of their arc um, with the next progression of the story. Ultimately, when it's finished, it'll be like a duology. Yes. Yes. Cool. That is, that is the vision. And of course you make plans and then your character's kill the plan so we'll see we'll see if it actually works out as of now that's the tentative plan I see it okay very cool that's exciting you have an outline and you're trying to work your way back into a writing routine so that you can get going on that is that what I heard yes yep and so like Preptober's coming up NaNoWriMo like you know the big dream is to be able to kind of get back to my outline and make a more solidified kind of you know, fast drafting plan and then hit no NaNoWriMo and try to get out as much of the first draft as possible. The other thing though, is that before I was turning this into a serial series, I was like, okay, like let's trad pub this story and write a different story that is a serial series that I can kind of become a hybrid author. And this is a story that I like, so want to get back to as well. So I'm like, yay, I'm new mom with so much less time. And now I have two <laughs> stories I want to work on. Um, but this one, just to tell a little bit about it, because it's really fun, is called Sisters of the Shadowwood. And it's about three magical handmaidens who steal magical knowledge from the rich to give to the poor. So it's like this Robin Hood kind of vibe, but they're also like kind of undercover. And these characters are each inspired by a different fairy tale character. So Red Riding Hood, Cinderella's fairy godmother, and a female Robin Hood. And it's really great for readers who love the TV show Once Upon a Time, because it's not just them who have magical abilities and kind of emulate different fairy tale characters, but it's like their whole town has kind of been um, infused with magic and the town is now figuring out like, okay, how do we deal with this? Fun. Awesome. So you have a lot. You have a lot on the horizon. That's very exciting. Too much. (laughs) preach. Yeah, I feel like that's like the creative uh, struggle where you're like, I have all of these ideas and like, what a great problem to have. But then you still have to actually find the time to do the things. So right. And everybody's like, routine is great. And like, just my son, he has no routine. Oh, yeah. You know, routine. What is routine? 
how old how old is he now just a couple of months yeah he's just about three months and he's wonderful just has no you know predictable nap schedule or anything so I'm just like and I thrive on routine right once you get one it'll change again so yeah that's always fun (laughs) enjoy the next 18 years of your life (laughs) no one warned me no I'm just kidding so do you have a two cent recommendation for us today a a recommendation we call it the two cent recommendation if you hadn't gotten that far in the podcast so um i think i'm going to recommend a fast drafting course because nanorama is coming up why not actually jessica brody who wrote save the cat writes a novel she has her writing mastery academy where you pay like i don't know like 12 dollars a month or something you get access to all of her courses and all the webinars and all stuff and one of the courses is a fast drafting course and i think it's brilliant and i'm super excited to implement it going forward and um, she also has a revision course that I haven't given myself permission to get into until I'm <laughs> at that stage, um, even though I really want to go through it. But um, if you're looking for something to like give you practical things to like really just get through a fast draft, I, I just think it's really good. I could probably use that right now too. So cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Everybody knows us writers, the leaves change and then we all are like, yeah, no. Yeah, I love right? it. <laughs> yeah, the leaves don't even really have to change. I'm just like, ooh, it's actually crisp this morning. Must be time to write another freaking novel. <laughs> time for pumpkins and novels. Yes. Pumpkin spice latte, please. I don't really like those. <gasps> you don't? Get out of here. I know. <laughs> I know, right? I don't like pumpkin in coffee. I like it in tea. Oh, I hate pumpkin in tea. <laughs> oh, pumpkin... <laughs> Oh, why would you ruin perfectly good tea? Black tea with pumpkin and a little bit of like milk. Mmm, delicious. Yes. Espresso, no thanks. Okay, you can find Brittany at her website and across all social media platforms, YouTube, etc. at author Brittany Wang. Her book, On Wings of Ash and Dust, can be found on Amazon if you have the Kindle Unlimited, which I do and I have it on my phone. You can get it for free right now. It's very exciting. Brittany also has her serial fiction boot camp out right now available through her website. You can go check that out. All the details are there. And Brittany, do you want to tell people about the challenge? Yes. So if you jump in the course um, right now, we are in Preptober, right? We are going to be doing a Preptober Plot Your Serial Challenge where I'm going through the course with my students in a Discord group and we are chatting through the material and also helping each other as not only my students but also me finish plotting uh, our serials so we can be ready for NaNoWriMo. So if you need that extra incentive and community and encouragement, um, obviously you can purchase the course at any time and go through it at your own pace. But if you want a community behind you this time around for NaNoWriMo, um, definitely get in as soon as you can. Awesome. A lot has changed in the last six years, but I feel like what hasn't changed is as writers, we're all down here in the mud together. Like Mm -hmm. it's very much like we're all going through it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's slog together. And it'd be cool to to have that uh, community built up. Definitely. And you have a Discord linked into that. Yes. It would be a big draw for me that like being able to actually like chat with people in the Discord is huge. Yes. And the Discord is available all the time, no matter when you join. Um, But I feel like it will be especially active during Preptober. Yeah, probably Preptober and Nano, like you'll have a ton of people talking. That'll be great. That's awesome. A lot of people um, who are always like, how do you 
build that community and there there you go there's a great way right and then as people publish their serials it's a great place too to like network and be like oh we, we write the same genre we come out with serials in the same genre like let's you know do something yeah. together ask questions and do things together absolutely very cool thank you so much for joining us we had a great time asking you all of these questions thank you for all of the info and a great chat thanks Brittany. Thank you. So much fun. Thanks again for listening, internet friends. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Our links for our social media and our website are found in the description of this episode. We've got a newsletter that comes out at some point eventually again. And that's all, folks. (laughs) Uh, Talk to you later, internet friends. Bye.